Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Trash Future, the podcast that you're listening to right now. Mm, you're Riley Quinn. It's the free <laughs> one. Yeah, I'm Riley, I'm Riley Quinn. I do the voice now. Absolutely. Um, I'm doing a really good impression of Milo. <laughs> Actually, it's I, Riley, am here. It's Milo who's not here. Yes. So mark that down in your Trash Future jotters. Yeah, and, you, and you're going to be yeah. doing the free one and the bonus one voices from now on. Uh, we're, yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. Get, writing in that opportunity. Also, crucially, do not believe anything that you, Riley, say later, perhaps in a more normal voice, about how we're not going to do yeah. that. Yeah, because that will be Milo doing an impression yeah, of me, exactly, Riley. Exactly. So don't trust anything don't that believe that guy his says. lies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That Milo is <laughs> yeah. a trickster. You can't. You can't trust him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a I'm classic. Classic Riddler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a memory condition um, <laughs> which causes me I cannot backform my own accent. I can only use other people's accents. Um, we may have met before, we may have never met, I don't know. I have, my pockets are full of Polaroids <laughs> of like different wines. <laughs> Just like you have a Polaroid of like a, a screen capture of the Google satellite image of the Niagara Escarpment. <laughs> Riley memento and it's all yeah just this microclimate on it and sharpie it's all pictures of him like skiing in Switzerland <laughs> with people called like Toby <laughs> he's like oh, I guess we have met before mm. Mm. It's, yeah. it's it's um, your TF a lot of a lot of things have transpired uh, one of which is us it is. us successfully cooing our our special boy while he's away. Yeah, skiing. we're denazifying the podcast. <laughs> exactly. We've we've all painted a big Z on our on our microphones. Yes, and we've right. now taken to the studio for That's an anti-fascist right. operation. And Riley can take up his rightful place in the Museum of uh, Soviet uh what is it, what is it like the Museum of Soviet um catastrophes or uh, the, the victims of the victims communism. of communism museum in Canada. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. museum of Soviet. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a plausible Soviet museum, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's like communism killed a hundred trillion people, but mostly by accident as a joke. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, that's probably like a huge proportion yeah, of deaths yeah, in the Soviet Union. I, I kind of believe that. falling on your head. Yeah, yeah kind of shit. <laughs> like all the people in Moscow who die every year from icicles falling on. Yeah, them. we should do it like an anti-communist. Dri uh, grift, but it is just the Museum of Soviet Catastrophes. I think that would be very profitable for us. <laughs> well, actually, that was a whole thing about the victims of communism, wasn't it? That they were including like people who died in drunk driving accidents. Yeah, and that was all like on the tally for victims of like they died in a communist country. Therefore, they are a victim of communism. Stalin failed to conquer death. If you're driving on a road with traffic lights, then you are a victim of communism. Hmm, that's true. I mean, after all, what's the most salient colour in a traffic light? It's red. That's and, right. And, um, you know, communism. That's right, and like, yeah. it, and it imposes rules on you that you didn't consent to, and it prevents mm. your freedom of speech of going 70 miles an hour on a 30 mile an hour road. The nanny state. That's right. Yeah. In the form of traffic kind It was kind of like that American, mm. what's his name, the, the libertarian guy from a while ago, Gary something, who... Mm. Uh, Gary Johnson? Yeah, Gary Johnson, who like got taped uh basically saying that like cars shouldn't have airbags and like they shouldn't and that he'd repeal legislation to remove seatbelts because uh that's very funny because not having airbags isn't even libertarian <laughs> it's just like i just, just want to die drive. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, i've just realized something horrible though which is now that we've cooed riley in our anti-fascist operation right yeah all of the libs are gonna go hey is riley quinn hot now Mm. They're just going to become obsessed with him. There's going to be a mural of Riley. Um, wow, <laughs> Riley is totally the Neville Longbottom of trash. Oh, yeah. He low key had a glow up. I'm a bit Niagara pilled now. <laughs> <laughs> going to yeah, going to Trafalgar Square and drinking uh, some fancy wine uh, to respect our yeah. special boy as yeah, the, in uh, solidarity. Yeah, mm. uh, the, yeah. Riley could tell me about ski resorts until my calves crack. The most <laughs> yeah, the most recent victim of communism uh, by the uh, by the woke British left. That's right. That's right. Anyway, Riley's Riley's volunteered for the Azov Battalion, so you won't be hearing from him. <laughs> yeah, well, he, for a while. well, he, well, yeah, he'll go join, try join the Azov Battalion. He'll get rejected by the British Border Police because like they'll think he's a liability, and then he'll somehow find his way 
uh, hosting like a wine show on GB News. <laughs> oh, nice! Riley accidentally going to Ukraine for the skiing. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so, like, I heard it was really I'm good. Skiing in the bog country. I, have, I haven't been paying attention to the news. I heard it was really <laughs> nice, so I just went to the border <laughs> with my skis. Accidentally <laughs> skiing into Ukraine. Ah, from the reverse yeah. living daylights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I, uh, I, I promised some, some guys that I would shout out their, uh, their strike fund, which I'm going to do oh, at the yeah. start because otherwise I'll completely forget. Um, so this is trash future brackets in no particular order, um, in order, which I remember it. Uh, so the, uh, the Justy and Stuart, uh, riders slash couriers are on strike, I think in Yorkshire mm. up North. Um, and, uh, their strike fund is running quite low. Uh, so they asked if we could shout them out and uh, suggest uh, a donation link. So there's a Absolutely. there's a link to their like fundraiser, which explains their strike and why they're doing it. Um, and it's about basically paying conditions. Your standard, your standard kind of yeah. stuff. E- e- so everything you... is shit, and they want it to be a bit less shit. And we should support them. That's right. And it's called it's called being English. It's supposed <laughs> to be shit. But if you want to be very non-English about it and support their their strike, you can do. And there will be a link. Um, in the description uh, but if not if you google the Sheffield uh, Justy strike if for whatever reason you can't fi- find the, the link there will if you google the Sheffield Justy and Stuart strike I think you'll find their page this is this has um, crossed some wires in my brain and I'm now very struck by the idea of a, a Justy rider painting a big Z on the side of my head <laughs> <laughs> pro Russian Justy rider <laughs> yeah Taking all the pork fat out of your meal. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so what are we? What are we going to talk about? <laughs> do we want to start with Roman Abramovich, or do we want to start? I I want to talk Brexit? about football for a bit. I I, yeah, I, I okay. Typical lad culture. Typical dirtbag left shit. See, I think that um, we should start with the unbox stuff, just because I feel like we will be able to get through it in a shorter time, whereas the football stuff. Um, okay. uh, right. and also this feels cause like we were, we were promised a startup by the special boy and we weren't given one, um, because no. the Azov battalion were like, no, you can't have your phone. <laughs> uh, no, well, they, like, took, yeah. they took his laptop, his NATO branded laptop away. That's right. That's, that's right. 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 They're like, you know, what kind of podcast they use as show notes. Um, are you like gay or something? Are you afraid of being uh, spontaneous? That's that's. Yeah. F- right, he was like, I do a podcast, and the Azov guys were like, Ah, oh, like Gumtown. <laughs> that's right. Uh, tell me, can you can you introduce me to Stavros? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like Gumtown. It is a little uh, work for me, but. Yeah. <laughs> I just as of Italian guy who likes come town except that one of the hosts is Jewish. That's, his. <laughs> That's right. So he's so he's now like doing a podcast in Ukraine. Um, but he's like dealing with like he's basically dealing with like the as of battalion versions of us. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's probably the most likely situation as to where he's gone. So, um, in lieu of a startup, we were talking a little bit privately about um. Well, okay. Why don't we start in this way, right? So we we ad- in our secret signal group chats mm-hmm. um, where we share. OSIC. We enjoyed the dome chat, didn't we, lads? Like we a great deal. Yeah, we, we thought that it was very fun, transformative episode. And yeah, mm. and like as we know, nostalgia is like a very big and popular thing, and something that like people get stuck into, and we can like you know opine over that. But crucially, we have another ex- pop up pirate. <laughs> we have another example of. Um, nostalgia repackaged. Uh, so I guess the starting point is like, how many of y'all remember what the Brexit festival was? Ah, oh, the festival of Brexit, the inverse wooferendum. Mm. Yeah. Yes, we live in it. We live in it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Everything to me, so, every day is the festival of Brexit. Every time you walk into Tesco and there's no vegetables, that is the <laughs> you festival there, boy. Of what day is this? Why, sir? It's Brexmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. Um. Yes, so like the Brexit festival was first sort of floated in the aftermath of the Brexit referendum because people were sort of like, you know, kind of miserable. And uh, the government, which was then run by Theresa May, was very much trying to convince people that like, no, Brexit's going to be this good and cool thing. And like now we've unlocked so much of our potential. But crucially, like it was in this context of like the, you know, the Tory party trying to kind of um, 
basically, I mean, basically going sicko mode and hmm. deciding to split between split people between like people who are pro Brexit and anti Brexit based hmm. on like what they say online and how they sort of posture. Um, and then at the hmm. same time, the stuff leading to the 2019 referendum, in, in which any sort of idea that like maybe this Brexit thing that happened isn't just going to go away if you press a button, that was something that you weren't allowed to talk about. And it was very much the case of like you either reverse Brexit by pressing the button or you don't. So the Brexit Festival is really this kind of like somewhat optimistic attempt to convince people that like Britain could exist and crucially it could like still enjoy its stature, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun Prime Minister Theresa May <laughs> has invited right. you all to an office party. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Eccentric aunt Theresa that's right. May. That's what, well that that's when that's when we all thought office parties were like, you know, good and cool, right? You know, yeah. two thousand. We, we could all run through a big field of simulated wheat together. That well, no, we we couldn't do yeah. that just yet. At that time, we had to run through an actual field. But now, considering yeah. considering there's going to be like fucking wheat shortage and everything, um, yeah. we can run through a field. Metamask. Yeah, we can run it through a field of something. I don't really know what that something's going to be, but it'll definitely be something. Anyway, initially when we talked about the Brexit festival, we were sort of expecting like kind of glib British shit, as you imagine, like my envisioning of it was like Ed Sheeran might kind of lend like do a kind of five minute video or something yeah. kind of say like like a royal jubilee thing or something yeah Ed Sheeran talking about the Brexit dividend for mental health that's right but like <laughs> he's yeah. joined by Prince Harry yeah. you're gonna check in on your chat but like it'd be one of those like weird sort of like you know British you know you have like pop bands that were kind of last relevant in the 2000s um like I don't know like Hearsay and Darius would show up probably uh <laughs> Darius Dinesh, <laughs> yes. I d- Bring him back. Lamar, That's I want right, to see yeah. Lamar. If there's any justice in the world, we will see Lamar at yeah. the Brexit four, Festival. Four of the 25 members of the Blazing Squad might like do a small show. Uh, <laughs> who are, like, in jail. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, the Blazing Squad, much like the Azov Battalion, started <laughs> as like a squad-sized formation and just ballooned mm. over time. <laughs> <laughs> the bla- Her Majesty's the first battalion. loyal blatant squad regiment. <laughs> Five hundred. <laughs> 500 guys in the Blazing Squad. We've had to upgrade I don't it. know why we gave the Blazing Squad all those anti-tank missiles, but I just <laughs> yeah. hope they well, use them for something good. The Blazing Squad, it used to just be led by like a, a lance corporal, but it's now ballooned to a size that we've had to put a lieutenant colonel in charge. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. I mean, look, I don't want to go into too much of the Blazing Squad stuff, because I know like far more about the Blazing Squad than I would very much like to. However, mm. um, what we seem to... Like, so the Brexit Festival has not died. It's just sort of been like been working in the background and while we've sort of been distracted by like pronouns and oh, like war, the coronavirus yeah and and the novel coronavirus uh this it's been studying the blade this, yeah it, <laughs> it, it, it has been studying the blade and like what riley mentioned when we were talking the group chat is actually it doesn't look that bad which is not to say that it looks good but it doesn't like in relation to like big projects that britain tries to do and it always sort of yeah. ends up either kind of like breaking falling apart um, not happening at all, or crucially, just being very, very cringe. This sort of hmm. seems to be like less cringy. So I'm going to like give a bit of a history, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to read some of the um, the projects at the Brexit Festival, uh, which is called Unboxed Creativity in the UK is proposing. Instantly slipped into the role of showrunner. Here. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That is right. <laughs> um, so it's being headed by Martin Green, CBE, who previously organised the opening ceremonies of Drumroll, please. The London 2012 Olympics. Oh, that uh, thing we all remember when Britain was good for five minutes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Why does everyone claim to have organised the London 2012 Olympics opening it's ceremony? Like, it's I like the lib version God. of being the second man on the balcony in the Iranian embassy siege. <laughs> is I was I was the second guy in the control room at the London 2012 opening I was ceremony. The guy dressed as the Queen jumping out of the helicopter. <laughs> Whereas actually, the Queen jumping out of the helicopter was John McAleese. I, uh, yeah. I volunteered for a day for the London 2012 Olympics, uh, doing like uh, directions duty for visitors. So in many ways, I was also responsible for the success of that particular event. Absolutely. And even more ironically, it was actually the Queen who was in that gas mask, the second person on the balcony at the Iranian embassy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Green, Green was also involved in like making whole city, whole like the city of culture and arts in 2017. Which, like, mm. I vaguely remember. A great success. But, 
yeah, I wonder how Hull's doing now. I probably fine. I have a, I have a brief anecdote about uh, Libs organising the London 2012 Olympics, which I may have told on the podcast before, but I'm not sure that I have, which is that um, at my school speech day in like 2005, like whenever it was that we got the Olympics, I think it was 2005 when we won the bid. Yeah, that sounds right. Because um, it was immediately before the London bombing. Yeah, it was. So it must have been 2005. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keith Mills, uh, who was one of the people in charge of the bid, came to our school speech day to be like the guest and give the speech. And it was just after we just got the logo had just been done. Oh, those weird aliens! And, um, yeah, the the one that looked like Lisa no, no, Simpson were the giving a blowjob. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the logo itself. The like the uh, the Lisa the Simpson blowjob. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> the the Simpsons hentai. Logo. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, and he opened his uh, speech thing with like, "Oh, I'm Keith Mills. I'm working on the London 2012 Olympics." Who here likes the London 2012 Olympics logo? And no hands went up. <laughs> and then there was this amazing, like, partridge-esque pause, and they just went, well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bringing up the mascots is also very funny, because I remember Wenlock and Mandeville, those fucking horrors, oh, yeah. very keenly. Mm, yeah, deeply, like, sex horror kind of creation. They're like... They're- like a walking CCTV camera, they made they gave one of them a police helmet too at one point. Yeah, I mean they sort of just it just reminds me of like. And Alice was like, maybe I like him a bit. Yeah, a tiny bit. Mm. Punished like Mr. Blobbies. Um, <laughs> it's probably the closest I could describe him. Anyway, yeah. they're like Chernobyl blobbies. That's right. Yeah, that is basically Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. That's it. Okay. Yeah. So like this has sort of been going on in the background. It's had like a it's had like a kind of like six million pound budget as far as I'm aware. I'm sure. I'm just like reading the stuff that's like from the wiki page. Um, uh, it's obviously been like to, it kind of got some delays due to like you know COVID nineteen. Um, so it's unclear like when this is happening, but like um, it's now been like it went from being festival twenty two uh, twenty twenty one to uh, unbox creativity in the UK twenty twenty two. So Why are we unboxed? Hmm. Were we boxed well, in the EU? Okay, so yeah, so here's part, so part of like the marketing that's changed over the course of like the past year. They're getting YouTubers yeah, to do is, it. Um, they, so the kind of like slogan is "Welcome to another side of Britain." Um, so it's the idea that like, and I think you're right, Alice, actually, it's like very much the implication is that the UK was boxed in by the EU and it's like bloody red mm. tape and, you know, uh, you know, bureaucracies mm. and everything. And what this, what the, what the Brexit festival will do, the Unbox festival will do is show that like outside the EU, Britain can sort of achieve whatever it wants, which like. A vibrant economy yeah. of uh, fashion YouTubers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the EU Working Time Directive was preventing me from doing all the dogging that I wanted. <laughs> 40 hours a week isn't enough. That's right. So there were like a bunch of people who like sent bids in, uh, including like Jamie Oliver, um, uh, the British Film Institute, the British Library, the Imperial War Museum, the Tate Gallery. a real country, a pucker country. That's the right, Imperial we... War Museum would be a slightly more honest kind of <laughs> unboxing of britain mm. um and as so and there are like so there are now like a short list of like 30 projects i won't go through all of them i have put like the link in our show notes if you want to have a look at them but i'm just going to like read a couple out our show notes um, notes i'm making notes not show notes show. sorry in the little chat mm. box that we have when you're you know, in the box where we like type in slurs uh while we oh while we talk. okay yeah so in okay, the in the slur actually, box let, let me just uh, yeah i think that was in the previous recording ah, sorry so I don't in, think we I'll, have I'll put it now in the slur i'll put it in the slur box yeah. again there you go um, okay. So right, let me I'm going to read a couple. I'm going to read a couple I'll now. I'll Jamie and I'll pull this up for myself. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Ooh. Yeah, it's boxed 2022. Yeah. So you've got like. And their, their button for cookies is I'm fine with this. Which <laughs> <laughs> is how I feel about a lot of things. <laughs> so you've got projects like, for example, Dandelion, in which like mm. 100,000 school children and young people will take part in the largest community. Join 79,989. Other curious mind. <laughs> <laughs> you are our one millionth visitor to Britain. <laughs> I love the logo that unbox and then like the O is like has that kind of like hypnotic spiral thing, mm. like those um uh, things you use to donate a penny to a charity at the supermarket. Uh, the, the other thing about this is that it uses so much animation that the page actually lags quite badly. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I, it's really it's like it's like Homer's website in the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not because I think I I like Homer's website in the Simpsons. I think it's very fun and cool. Whereas like this is very like you've mm. sent this to like a this digital marketing, marketing agency. agency. Yeah, right, exactly. And, yeah, exactly. and they've and they use the same colors and they've used the formats and all that stuff. And it's just like yeah, I've seen this version of a website many times. So unboxed. <laughs> Creativity in the UK is a once-in-a-lifetime celebration of creativity taking place across England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, and online. (laughs) Being a marketing person in the UK must be absolutely grim, right? Because nine times, like, 99 times out of 100, you're making this website for, like, a variety of different clients, like Lockheed Martin or whatever. Yeah. And then the the, the 100th time, uh, you're getting, like, used as a kind of human puppet by apprentice contestants who want you to design a logo for whatever bullshit they're doing this week. Yeah, I mean basically I've mm. I've I've worked with like a few marketing like people in like various jobs before and it's basically that like, you know, they sort of kind of anticipate what the website design's gonna be. Um, you know, the the, the colour scheme is usually like the same or very similar. Um Tour de Moon? Tour de Moon is a cosmic journey into the possibilities of tomorrow. Live shows, nightlife, digital experiences, and more. And then my favorite phrase, created in collaboration with the moon. It's like, yo, they got the moon? <laughs> you've got, yeah, you've got... You- <laughs> we need to attach the moon, otherwise Brexit they won't fund it. Brexit X moon. That's mm. right. You've also got like these other kind of, you know, you've got these other projects too. So there's one called like Our Place in Space, which is described as a 10 kilometer scale, scale model sculpture, trail of the solar system designed by the artist uh, Oliver Jeffers, which can be visited physically or experienced in augmented reality. Um, you've got like, as I mentioned before, you've got like Dandelion, which is supposed to be like this kind of live immersive um, project for like planting, you know, uh, flowers and wildlife and so on. Um, there's like one called Galwad. Uh, which is mm. Galwood brings together the Wales's boldest film and TV talent, creative technology, live performance, uh, and yeah. So that's kind of like the very sort of like you know centric I, towards the region. Listen, from- I, I I I just have to say the Moon one is the best, right? Because <laughs> the website design, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put this in the little uh, slurs box here for your for your perusal. Yeah. Um, what they're doing is something called Moon Convoys, <laughs> uh, where the there website, will be a little. Look at website oh my god you go drax i i'm struggling oh no i'm struggling i'm struggling to explain this website in an audio medium oh sorry no i take it back when i said the previous one was homer's website (laughs) this This is homer's website website. complete with like rotating text yeah simply go to uh (laughs) tourdemoon.com to to see some spinning (laughs) graphics this is incredible this is like this is like some nathan barley shit This is, I like this because it sort of reminds me of like when you get your first kind of like Bebo or Pixo site and you can just do whatever you want with it and you make it as insane as possible. Like I'm pr- like in the background. Is there like a is there like a figure of the moon screaming, screaming, melting ice cream moons? Yes. Fuck, this is so this is so Alan's dictaphone. Like <laughs> parading through towns and cities of England, Moon Convoy synthesizes the whole of the Tour de Moon festivals. It travels between Leicester, Newcastle, and Southampton. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are those the three places? <laughs> towns. What the fuck towns. is the Tour de Moon? <laughs> The moon is everywhere. That's like, okay, so yeah, so that's an insane project that I didn't see when I was looking at this. Um, and I'm sure Riley didn't see it either, but that is truly insane. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send Riley the Tour de Moon website <laughs> five or six times. <laughs> oh my God. If you wish to participate, uh, email us at hello at tourdemoon.com with your CV and availability. I would like to participate in the Tour de Moon to go look at the screaming ice cream moon. <laughs> Yeah, the moons look like they're in a lot of pain, to be honest with it you. It looks pretty... Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like a kind of... Uh, it's like a porpentine version of like Disco Elysium, the design of this site. It's really... Yeah, there's a link here labelled Moon Hotline. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? You've got one also called like Dream Machine, which is... And this is kind of like where I thought the dome stuff would sort of come in quite well, which is that like... It was a dream machine is described as like an immersive journey into light, sound, and imagination, uh, and just the idea of like the possibilities of like you know uh, entering your mind and seeing what's going on there, which is something that I don't really want to do. But the reason why I kind of bring this up in terms of the dome stuff is because like unlike the kind mm. of like glib kind of corny celebrity stuff, I imagine 
much of like the British creative arts that gets funded usually results in. This reminds me much more of like the Millennium Dome. Uh, in terms mm. of like the projects mm. that like it's all like the exhibitions that it's showing really does kind of this like it's trying to sort of like mm. create this like incoherent and I think partly like unbelievable narrative, uh, which is much more about like a country trying to express faith in itself, but doing so in like a way that feels very, very disorientating um, or at least sort of like out of place. This is it's so it's so weird. This is a Tory initiative. I'm stuck on the moon thing because it's it's, it's so baffling. fucking bodies and spaces as well. I mean, bear in mind that also the, the Millennium Dome was a Tory initiative as well, which like Labour then just kind of like carried on to completion, right? So, which yeah. is a, which is to say that like there is a future where potentially Keir Starmer will have to do the tour of the moon. I just I just love to be because someone had to come up with this and this is like their baby, right? I'm just gonna read you some more copy from this. Moon Hotline is composed of immersive digital experiences and Talk to the Moon. <laughs> Talk to the Moon is an artificial intelligence powered invisible theater experience about conversation and connection by T U Glow and Friends. In Talk to the Moon, Luna converses with festival goers and online visitors intimately as a mysterious mythological creature who not only wants to share more about themselves, but also wants to learn from humankind. It is a dialogue that explores normativity, belonging, and otherness. <laughs> Partially sponsored by We Transfer, the, the Tour de Moon is. <laughs> <laughs> TF Day One's We Transfer. <laughs> Yeah, there's also there's this, there's this project as well. I'm not sure what like I I I think it's called Pollination, but like their kind of promo screen, which is just like a re- oh yeah, Pollination. Pollination that's it. Um, Where they're gonna make everyone a big poly. That's right. But also oh, crucially, this polycool looks a lot like um, Stratford uh, Westfield, like the outside area of Stratford Westfield. Um, oh no, the most cursed part right. of London. Yeah, so it's also still like it's kind of still just bringing in the kind of cursed elements of like modern architecture and kind of like the kind of weird notions of public space and everything. But yeah, like again, it's oh, fuck. This is going to be at the fucking Edinburgh festival. Oh my it's God. At the assembly <laughs> in Edinburgh from the 6th to the 14th of August. So, so if, if you're there, come on down, check it out. <laughs> meet, meet the moon. I mean, it, it's quite, it's a big, it's a big ask to go to the Edinburgh festival and be one of the more annoying things there, but I think they're going to manage it. <laughs> So, yeah, you've got, like, this kind of, like, series of projects and, like, yeah, there's kind of this reminder, you know, it, 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 it there's just, like, a lot of these kind of harking back to the kind of ideas of what the dome should be. But, like, I don't know, it feels really weird now because I think partly because... The, or every time we saw it, we've like, all seen the moon website yes, and had part- our brains damaged by that. <laughs> yes, partly because we've seen the good moon website, but also, I guess, partly because, like, you know, when we talk about British infrastructure and just like, Brit- like, kind of these types of like so called ambitious projects, like, when it comes to Britain, we sort of know how the story goes, right? Which is mm-hmm. that, and there are only really two ways it goes. This goes down, right? One is that, like, it becomes so immortalized into like liberal consciousness that everything sort of becomes anchored to it, um, and like mm-hmm. everyone sort of ends up in this kind of weird nostalgia cycle around this sort of theatrical performance. Yeah, and, then, and, and and then ten years later, everybody's like, I actually did the the PR for the tour. That's the right. That's right. That, that mm. is great. Or the second one is that like it ultimately ends in like complete disaster. Like like loads of money mm. is wasted. But like crucially, it doesn't kind of achieve any of its sort of like philosophical objectives. Um and only to then so only to then like what these projects then kind of being brought up by I don't know like fucking O2. Um, basically what I'm mm. saying is that like Drake is going to do a concert on the Tour de Moon. Um, I hope so. That's, that's, that's the most, that's Fund- the most likely outcome of this. Fundamentally in this country, right? You're either on the moon website or the moo website. <laughs> unheard.com. <laughs> I mean, I thought you this was going to be like the festival of Britain, right? And the festival of Britain mm. was this sort of, uh, everybody's depressed as shit because everything is terrible. It's 1950s times. Uh, we're gonna do like a little hurrah to make everybody feel better about living in Britain. Yeah, uh, you can only eat corned beef. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, check out all the cool shit that we're gonna do. Yeah, uh, we've we've paved the entire south bank of the River Thames with concrete, which is gonna look great forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I think, and I, I imagine, like for most like British people, this is actually probably something that would 
be that would be something that they would probably prefer. Like the I, you know, the whole like at least you build something the, the, for fuck's sake. The, the war bunker, the war bunker, like escape room experience where you get to eat like <laughs> corned beef out of a can and um, you get to kind of say slur words in public. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, like a, a, yeah. an electric car brings you an alternate reality Winston Churchill and convoy across the UK. Yeah, oh, and sure. and, in, and in the gift shop you can walk out with a gollywog and like a small jar of like quince jam or something. I don't know. Like a, a like um a cry laugh emoji keychain. Yeah, and that's it. You can buy all stress things ball. This, this, <laughs> a cry, this, a cry yeah. laugh emoji stress ball is the most British fucking tulpa, like psychically this powerful also, yeah. object I can imagine. This also feels I, I was gonna say, but this also feels really weird too, because it almost like feels like something that's come out of like Liz Truss or like Matt Hancock's brain. And I feel like if Matt mm. Hancock was around, we'd be hearing about this a lot more. And the idea of just being that, okay, all these product all these projects are trying to kind of be like future facing, right? So, like, you have some projects which are trying to highlight, like, you know, the dangers of climate change, but also the idea that, like, oh, in, like, in Brexit Britain, we can kind of, like, plant more things and we can kind of create more, like, green space and all that stuff. And then you have, like, the, like, not, I think, like, three different kinds of space projects. Um, One being Toward the Moon, but I think there's, like, two others which are kind of about, you know, the broader solar system and, like, you know, uh, space transportation. There's one where uh, there's one project which is about like you know future homes and like settlements and all that stuff. Like you know how you build like you know different types of futuristic homes and so on. It's, so so like the theme of it is supposed to be like future facing, but what feels really weird, disorientating, and kind of like you know um, really super artificial about it, I guess, is just the idea of doing this at a time when like I'm not convinced anyone really believes that like this country has like a future that is even in remotely in any way optimistic. Oh God, no. Absolutely. So like all these projects sort of just seem to be things that like have come out of, you know, like fucking management consultancies and like focus groups about what they think the future could be based on. Like, again, also based on these sort of like very vague understandings of the past. And, you know, you know, there's a reason why like there's so much like stuff that is drawn out of like the great exhibition and, uh, you know the dome. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it's kind of genuine. It just sort of feels like if you were to sort of think about the future in very abstract terms, this is what it might look like. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like I would respect it more if it had this kind of like brash Johnsonite Toryness about it. Like if it was the kind of like a bit like the shit the Foreign Office has been doing. You know, like the Britain is great. You know, with all the fucking like your BAE systems I mean, or whatever. I mean, I don't even think that Britain really does that. I think like so much of like British foreign pol- like foreign like um. I mean, most of it is like propaganda, right? And then like the th- yeah, and, yeah, and, and, yeah, like, yeah, and sure. like and like the thing and like the thing that like the British Foreign Office like exports the most is like counter extremism surveillance equipment. So <laughs> they're not they're not even like well, yeah, they're not even like promote. <laughs> In fact, if anything, like what they've been doing to try to deter people from coming here is being like, no, this place is sucks. It's shit. You don't want to yeah, come here, and it's shit. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, 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 you, don't, yeah. you don't want to. We you actually employ the foreign office to talk Britain down to avoid asylum seekers coming. <laughs> yeah, in. that's right. Um, that is right. That is. But, what yeah, but what, what's really funny about this is that I think, particularly in this incarnation of the Tory Party, with where their whole thing is kind of like taking the piss out of like you know the 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 woke and like the absurd kind of like they've become they've gone from that kind of Cameronite sort of like Whiggish Toryism. Of like you know like oh actually like hug a hoodie whatever we're just like the you know fiscally responsible version of labour mm. almost type thing yeah that kind of like um, manic positivity yeah 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 and they're they're now doing the like culture war shit and yet when they actually have to come up with like a cultural product they're so uncreative that they fall back on the same like bodies and spaces shit that like this could easily be a labor party project yeah like the extent to which everything that's written in it is complete like wishy-washy like it's about connectivity between genres <laughs> and cultures and ideas yeah. and like it's so funny that like the tourists who are constantly being like oh like woke bollocks are like they're kind of like <laughs> this is what they come up I, with yeah i mean i can imagine like keir starmer like trying to kind of promote this mm. video. I, I i welcome them uh, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would encourage to it to further. go further by sort of melting <laughs> in horror in its own flesh. I've <laughs> mooned Julia Fox. Are we, are we sure that there isn't some what? kind of a gas leak uh, in, in like t- conservative uh, Central HQ mm. that like allows yeah. them to think like this? 
Yeah. <laughs> the Conservative HQ is just like midsummer. Yeah. <laughs> the, thing, the thing that Riley was suggesting to us last week was that, like, it, this seems like a competent project. It's not like a good project. It's not kind of like a kind of forward thinking project. It's not one. It's slick. It is, it is, it is slick and it's kind of, mar- and crucially, like, the reason why it's so slick and crucially why it's so kind of like, you know, something that looks like, you know, there's something that looks like a professional slideshow presentation that's become material is because you have like people who are basically professional events managers running it and crucially no government minister like wanting to be involved because i guess like they're too busy doing other things so like the brexit festival when it was first sort of highlighted was something that like jacob reese mogg for example was talking about a lot and um, it was kind of like there was this thing where he. You see, I hate this. I wish they'd given it to Jacob Rees Mogg. I want to see like the Jacob Rees Mogg yeah. sicko yeah, mode we've, Brexit we've festival. We've built like a, a a 19th century Victorian revival cathedral out of limestone in the middle of central London. Yeah, and like the venue is again. like a giant bowler hat. Yeah, like I want that. <laughs> crucially, crucially, it's just like this is a project that will kind of be competent, but like. F- broadly forgettable. I don't think that it like mm. relates in the same way that like a 2012 Olympic sort of relates to. But like mm. crucially, I think what it might be what I think the fact that if it is kind of perceived to be competent and something that like attracts kind of even minor interest, it will sort of be. I, th- I think what it will be used as. So I, I think what it, what it what what what's happened. What what's happening is. Um, you have like British politicians who have been very happy to sort of posture around the idea of being like pro Brexit and optimistic about Brexit and everything. But like, crucially, they don't really care about it that much and they're really not as invested as like they want it to appear to be. So, like, the Brexit Fest will be, be very good for them to kind of build up that brand of being like, you know, a pro Brexit person, which crucially is like important, like in British politics to be elected anyway, um, without having to like kind of commit to any sort of vision. Um, which is to say that I think that this is like a very good strategic tool for like Tories to have, but not one that they're necessarily like, but like at this point, I'm not one they necessarily either believe in or they care about. Yeah, and it's, mm. it, as a result, you end up with nothing. Like you end up with stuff that is purely marketing, whether that's yeah, exactly uh, yeah. The, the Tour de Moon or whatever else. That's right. I'm still, I'm still fucking obsessed yeah. with the Tour de Moon, man. I... It's the Tour de Moon because it's the creeping Islamization. Of Britain. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crescent moon. That's right. That's right. Speaking mm. of Islamization of Britain, should we talk about football? Mm. Yeah, it, it proceeds apace because. Um, mm. So the other thing that we've been doing is the the Foreign and Commonwealth Office have been very busy uh, with something that they like to call. The, the oligarch, oligarch task force, <laughs> and they incredible. It's like the Wonder Twins, but they're all oligarchs. Yeah, exactly. And so what they've been doing yeah. is they've been announcing in a big thread on Twitter with these incredible graphics the work. Oh, of, the graphics is so good. The work of the oh, oligarch the task force, with each <laughs> oligarch who they've like named, shamed, sanctioned. Um, they they all look like uh, a screen from fucking rogue traders. <laughs> yes. like, where they've got some cowboy builder banged to rice, and it's like he did over Maureen for nine grand for a conservatory that was never built. <laughs> and then it'll be like a black and white picture of him with like nine thousand in like red over it's him, like and then like cowboy in a red yeah, It's stamp. like projected on a, a brick wall for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's got like a, a, a grimy sort of black and white picture of Oleg Deripaska or whatever. Mm. Uh, and most notably, the most recent addition to this wall of shame is Roman Abramovich, a uh, Russian billionaire and owner of, amongst other things, Chelsea Football Club. Um, We're obsessed with Roman Abramovich. They keep, they keep going on about Roman Abramovich, even though Roman Abramovich is like the most rare oligarch. Like, British people have just heard of him because he owns Chelsea, but other than that, he's of no relevance to the current situation whatsoever. And yet, I mean, I'm, I'm not crying about, like, Billionaires getting their assets seized. No, he's but a cunt. Fuck him. Yeah. But like, it's it's, it's so weird. funny that they're like, oh, Vladimir Putin's best mate, Roman Abramovich. <laughs> it's like, uh... <laughs> do you ever wonder why Roman Abramovich never goes to Moscow ever? You ever think about that? He did. He did try and forestall this a bit by uh, both 
asking Putin to like maybe not invade, which of course was not listened mm. to, and huh. uh, putting Chelsea into a charitable trust in a sort of a like mm. Mr. Burns' technical superior as this cat kind of move. Um, ah, yes. Th- this did not work either, and now, because Roman Abramovich has been sanctioned, Chelsea Football Club itself, uh, they can keep going, they can keep playing, they can keep um, paying their staff, but they can't sell any tickets, and all of their sponsors are dropping them. Uh, and we're rapidly mm. approaching the point where we end up with uh, like London FC playing in plain blue shirts. Yes. It's perfect. We're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna nationalize Chelsea. I mean, my favorite element of this is that all the Chelsea fans are furious. Yes, the, the, I saw I saw a guy saying it was collective punishment and like it was unfair to to do mm. Chelsea fans like this. And the this you on this is uh, the the Chelsea fans who in a in a moment of silence for Ukraine chanted Roman Abramovich. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me me, me sewing. Uh, and me, of course, reaping. I'm. Yeah. I, I mean, I. This is just fantastic, as far as I'm concerned. There is very little as corrupt in England as as football and the business of football. One hundred percent. And the fact that we've managed to like isolate this slice of corruption uh, and just just as a bit, just as a joke, uh, totally destroy it is very very funny to me. This is a delicious little moment. I mean, I'm really, I'm really excited for Chelsea to like just become a non-league team and have to like, uh, yeah, I do the Rangers, yeah, mm. <laughs> and like you know have to kind of like compete with I was teams. About to like- say it's finally happening in England. One of your top flight teams is just uh, having to claw its way back up. After being totally destroyed financially, every yeah they, they'll have to like do training wearing those like mm. grotty bibs that like you know oh. you get in PE lessons. Uh, they'll yeah, have to yeah. like they're yeah. doing training, they're doing shirts versus skins. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> like the goalposts will just be two jumpers. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're actually they're playing on the council field behind a house that's being sold by Tommy Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, you can watch. <laughs> also, I was thinking about this today, which was like not long ago mm. we did talk about buying a football team so yeah so. and now <laughs> if, if you're listening could be Chelsea, Chelsea. Uh, I, I look Roman forward Abramovich, how much do you want for it? I look forward to the fact that when well that's the thing no one can pay him for it because he's sanctioned you can't trade with him at all so he, it's just <laughs> stuck in this kind of limbo so he's in this you can't yeah. sell it they're gonna have to seize it yeah um like the proceeds of crime, like a convertible taken off of a drug dealer. So, um, so incredible. yeah. So, I guess one of the questions is like, number one, how long is it before Chelsea has to face off with Dartford FC? Uh, the second question, <laughs> the second question is also like, what government minister is going to run Chelsea Football Club? Third, third question: How will Arsenal oh find God. a way to lose to <laughs> nationalise Chelsea? <laughs> Incredible. I, I fucking want Matt Hancock managing nationalised Chelsea. Oh, yes, they should turn yes. it into an academy. Yes, give him a big sheepskin coat, put him on the touchline. Matt yes. Hancock has been called out of retirement as the Minister for He's Managing a Chelsea. Mug of yes. <laughs> He's still in his turtleneck. A mug of hot Huel on the touchline. Like that's his like real comeback story, right? Like you know, mm. disgraced minister who uh, who whose only crime was falling in love uh, finds himself having to like manage a football team of uh, big egos and uh, well, only one man can put them back on top. Yeah, that's and it's, right. It's our boy. It's Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock would love being called the gaffer. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like and like the whole kind of story is the team learning to love Matt Hancock. And like the final scene of this like film is that they all like are doing parkour mm. uh, the day before like the finals of like John the Terry fucks Matt Champions Hancock's League. girlfriend. For that's a right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you will. He learned a lot about his body. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, one thing I was also thinking about was like you know last year, obviously, uh, like one of the biggest kind of like British. Uh, protests that took place was against the super, the proposed Super League, um, mm. and I think that also kind of like there were lots of conversations about like oh, like you know, football mm. fans you know can be mobilized and they are kind of you know this kind of 
constituency. Mm. And I think that's super. Yeah, they can be sent to a desk. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Part of the Millwall firm. Yeah, well, look, you know, there were, you know, there, there have been stories of like some football fans like, trying to go over to Ukraine to fight. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. But. They're going to throw a plastic chair. But I think for like lots of but, folding up a newspaper and advancing on the VDV. But I think like I think <laughs> I, I right. think like the kind of like political constituency of like people who are broadly kind of ele- in in terms of electoral politics like sort of fairly apathetic, um, mm. or like sort of understand stuff at a very sort of like base level, but yeah. like who really do mobilize by football. The idea of like not being you know their season mm. tickets like not. You know, being way more expensive, or not being able to, or sort of go to games or participate in mm-hmm. culture, especially cool. in so much of the country where like football really is the only accessible part of culture, right? Um, yeah. So I wonder, mm-hmm. like, whether, like, what what this might result in. Um, well, I, the, les- the lesson is clear: um, a, a revolution started by ultras, in the same way as <laughs> Egypt, and uh, like, fuck, dude, I don't know. Football, football ultras love to be in paramilitary units. That's one yeah. thing we've learned, mm. uh, both in Odessa, but like, even going back to like the Balkan Wars, when yeah. all of the fucking like Red yeah. Star well, Belgrade yeah. I mean, guys decided, I mean, I, okay, yeah. we are now a commando unit. Let's do war crimes. I mean, I only asked mm. this because like someone pointed out on Twitter. I can't remember who, but someone pointed out that like. In 2019, one of Ger- one of like the things that Corbyn proposed was the idea that like fans could basically buy out their clubs, right? Um, that like you know- sick Jeremy Corbyn makes football mm. clubs use the pro Evo names, <laughs> and, and this was like off brand, yeah. And, and, thi- and this was like something that wasn't really talked about much in the mainstream press, but it was like something North that was London quartermasters. Yeah, it was, it, it, it was like, cannons. It was something that was like yeah. dismissed by like you know um, sports commentators as just being like you know. In, in line with stuff like, you know, uh, universalized broadband and everything. And what's very interesting now is that, like, a lot of them, beyond, like, you know, people complaining about the British government and, like, you know, placing sanctions on Abramovich and, like, you know, destroy, like, basically kind of on the verge of destroying this, you know, uh, uh, this Premier League football club, it's also the idea that, oh, actually, you know, when you think about Premier League football and how much corrupt money is in it and how much corrupt money is necessary for it to work, like, Sanctions should be placed on Arsenal, and it should be placed on Manchester mm. United and Manchester City, and like approximately you know, Newcastle. Uh, every team, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, so you know, the, the only, the only, the um, uh, just keep going, keep going all the way down until it's like Dartford and Dulwich Hamlet FC, mm. and Dulwich are on thin fucking ice. That's right. Dulwich, Dulwich Hamlet FC with all their dodgy money. That's right. Or like, from, like, or like the uh, curveball uh, driftwood picture yeah. frame stores. Or, or like yeah. the curveball yeah, yeah, where like yeah, Millwall exactly. somehow seem to be like the kind of cleanest team when it comes to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Financially, yeah. not all... physically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like a lot of that money was cashing in. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football is absolutely rotten. It's rotten in all sorts of different ways, mm. and it's 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 very funny to enforce it so selectively. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of glad. Like I I don't know. I've always. I've always found Chelsea irritating. I'm not sure why, and I'm just uh, right now. I'm thriving. I'm just this couldn't have happened to a better club. Yeah, I mean, everyone I know who's yeah. Well, Chelsea I think especially sucks, because so. like Chelsea is one of those classic teams, a bit like Manchester United, which are just like not supported by people from there. Mm. Like Chelsea is such a weird. Like it's like anyone who's from London supports like Arsenal or Tottenham or like yeah, maybe like Fulham or West Ham, like that those kind of places. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, yeah, and then, like, people who aren't from London support Chelsea. People and similarly, who, like, people to who are London. from Manchester yeah. support Manchester City, and people who aren't from Manchester support Manchester United. So it is just like a funny, yeah, it's a funny team for it to happen to. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and real geezers support Millwall. That's right. That's right. That is right. Yeah. So that, that's that's the TF take. Mm. There's only yeah. uh, there's only one team left in the Premier League. It is Millwall. Uh, they just play. <laughs> They're not even in the Premier League now. <laughs> no, no, no. They're just they, the they, only they team left. They default their so. way up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's every, right. Every, that would make sense. I, I love to go and see the only football game left: Millwall versus Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would be brutal. <laughs> Blood the, the, up to my knees in the stands. Yeah, the football would be a lot closer than the fight. <laughs> 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 I think it would be fair to say. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, I mean it's very bizarre. And I I think the like the whole the whole like farce of it kind of mirrors the farce of like the oligarch sanctions, right? Which is like, mm. oh, all these people who like, you know, stole all of their money and had all these people killed to get their money in the nineties or whatever. Um, that's totally fine. Um, but now that Vladimir Putin's invaded Ukraine, we need to like sanction all of these people to stop Vladimir Putin, even though it won't stop Vladimir Putin because 
all of the oligarchs that are close to Putin don't live in fucking London because they're close to Putin, so they live in Moscow. That's kind of how it works. Also, Putin, like, also Putin strikes me much more as someone who like prefers UFC. Um, <laughs> so, like, surely, so like, well, surely, yeah. loves UFC. So, like, yeah. Th- oh, yeah, that has been the big plan of like, like Chechen state building is yeah. you build you build the sort of like um, Ahmed Kadyrov Memorial Mega Mosque yeah, UFC yeah, gym. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's in like right. one building co-located. Yeah. Yeah, the Islamic dojo. That's actually- <laughs> well, this is that's actually been the funniest thing of the whole war is when that entire Chechen column got blown up. Fucking Ramzan Kadyrov did an Instagram live where he was like, Yeah, fuck these Ukrainians are tougher than they look. <laughs> Luka- Lukashenko and Kadyrov have been easily a- mm. as as was predictable, the funniest leaders on the Russian side. Uh, 100%. L- Lukashenko accidentally standing in front of a map which had the whole invasion plan on it on its press conference. And also included, like, invading Transnistria. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, but we're, we're, oh, we're doing rules. We're, we're doing more than just sanctioning oligarchs, of course, because now, mm. as a consequence of the US sanctions, uh, whole mm. companies are pulling out of Russia, and mm. uh, it, it's it's getting a bit intense. Just today, the latest, uh, Goldman Sachs and Western Union both shutting off all their operations in in, in Russia. Previous to that, uh, we had PayPal, we had uh, McDonald's, uh, Coca Cola, yeah. IKEA, Adidas. Terrifyingly, for oh, Russian war, culture, yeah. war, war's over. War is over at that point. Yeah. Burger, that's, that's Burger, unsustainable. Burger King is staying in Russia. Oh, uh, I mean. So. Really? <laughs> Burger King is not democratically accountable due to being a monarchy. <laughs> um, I, I really like the-, the human rights abuses in the Burger Kingdom are themselves something to answer. For. Yeah, but we need their oil. I uh, the thing <laughs> the thing that I really like is the Ukrainian foreign ministry just being absolutely vengeful about this. I guess p- the kind of people who work in foreign ministries need to be on like an oligarch task force or need to be like on Instagram. And what they're doing is they're just systematically bullying every country which every company which has ever done business in Russia which is all of them and going right. why do you support uh, murdering children why aren't you mm. why aren't you leaving Russia immediately and this works like partly because of the sanctions partly because of the public shaming partly because it's like mm. uh, you know easier to cut their losses anyway uh, but so- I loved the BBC were into, or someone was interviewing people outside the flagship McDonald's on Tverskaya in Moscow, hmm. which um, I've been to, been to many times. And they interviewed various people outside, and like, oh yeah, I've come to get a last burger. I saw loads of Russians posting on Instagram with like getting like a huge order of McDonald's before it closed down. And then one guy interviewed him outside, and he was like, oh, I was just going in there to use the toilet. <laughs> just like that's the true service that McDonald's provides. He- that's what people will really miss. Pizza Hut has closed in Russia, which means that the mm. everything that. Gorbachev did was for nothing. Uh, well, and along with along with KFC, which is owned by the same company, mm. and um, that's what's really that's really going to piss them off. Because I tell you, like uh, for some reason, like KFC is the place where all the like Caucasian guys hang out in Moscow. Like all your all your Dagestani's and Chechens and stuff, they fucking love a KFC. Mm. So that's gonna that's gonna hit the Kadyrov lobby hard. Oof. Yeah. What's the kind of like what what's the com- I mean, like I was thinking because um, Adidas like. Uh, uh, took uh, withdrew as well, right? Like they have been a longer trade, and I and I and when I saw that, I was just like, very dark day for Slavs everywhere. Um, I know it's it's not going to be cheeky or breaky for a very no. long time. So like, what what is what <laughs> is the thing that breaks camel? What is the thing that breaks camels back? I'm not sure. I don't know. Well, I think it's an interesting one because it's like kind of um uh like uh, P- uh, Putin and like certain people close to him, the kind of like ex KGB guys, probably like revel in this like return to a kind of oh, yeah. like it's, it's gonna more, make like, you Soviet strong way of life. yeah you're gonna have yeah. to you're gonna have to eat boiled fish all the time they were, yeah but they were... most of like the oligarchs are gonna be like where do i buy my gucci phone case now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah putin i have to go to kazakhstan for that's this true. <laughs> so you have to go to like yeah the like, luxurious kazakhstan to do it um yeah. or you know yeah like putin's kind of like demand uh that he's got from twitter about like the value of returning to tradition um. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's waging he's waging a culture. It's so fucking weird how all of these people, like whether it's like anti-trans bills in Florida, whether it's Putin, it, like so many people in positions of influence who you would not expect to now sound like Telegram group chats of Nazis. Like <laughs> it, it was so fucking weird to hear 
Putin guys talking about cancel culture for fuck's sake. It's like, mm, yeah. guys, y- you are the culture. You you have pretty much sole reign to do all of the culture in your country. Who is cancelling you? <laughs> KFC? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just very funny the extent to which, like, this is so... And and I think this is one of the reasons why, like, the people trying to frame this from the perspective of it being, like, NATO aggression or whatever is so funny because it's just, like, the whole thing is so completely insane. Like, most of the people in the Kremlin itself are, like, running cover for it because they're just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, they're like, that's what, that's what, like, we've finally, like, crossed the Rubicon and we're now in, like, the realm of magical thinking of Russian foreign policy mm. where it's become, like, it's not a war. It's a special military operation to denazify the Ukraine. Don't ask me what that means. <laughs> Did you see that they're, that they're now trying to blame Ukraine for COVID? Uh, on oh yeah, on the basis that that supposedly, and I, I cannot stress enough the extent to which this is all bullshit. <laughs> that there is a NATO biological weapons facility in Kharkiv, which was experimenting on bats and released the novel coronavirus, which I guess then made its way to Wuhan undetected. Yeah, they were trying to build the Batman. Yeah, uh, and, and and so therefore, now that Ukraine has infected the world with COVID, Russia is forced mm. to go in and de-COVIDify it. Mm. That's right. Yeah, they had they had Robert Pattinson chained up in a lab in Harkiv, and they were um, <laughs> having him bitten over and over again by bats. <laughs> that is how, yeah, that is how you become the Batman. Um, yeah, yeah. And Putin is the Riddler. He's going to expose the corruption. One of my yeah, one of my favorite types of posts were like people who were like lamented, who were like, you know, oh, it sucks that like Putin's waged this war now because like people won't get to see the Batman. Um, Imagine if you're a Russian conscript and your your Elden Ring download just finishes, and then your sergeant is like, <laughs> "Okay, listen, get in the fucking truck." You would be annoyed. <laughs> you'd be furious. Although you'd be glad that you'd got it downloaded before the sanctions. Oh, that's hit. true. That's true. Yeah, mm. it, it, you buy you buy I don't know Gran Turismo or something, and it's like it's ninety nine percent installed, and then your phone goes off with a notification <laughs> that Sony is now complying with all of the sanctions. And you're just like, yeah, you hate to see <laughs> well, better better overthrow my government. Yeah. Oh, I've got to take my PlayStation to Kazakhstan to finish this download. <laughs> they're not even selling they're not even selling PlayStations or like Nintendo Switches in Russia anymore, which is insane. Connecting to local local Wi-Fi somewhere in Ukraine to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> but like ev- every kind of like modern luxury, every little treat, everything that capital like promises you is mm. is very contingent. Is something that I think we can learn from this uh, because mm. okay, admittedly, it's a very good reason to to like t- turf somebody out of the club. But now we've seen what happens when that happens, and it's a thing that's very sort of readily done, is you can just fucking turn off the big treats button. Mm. Yeah, and that is that is the scariest it's, thing of all. It's the scariest thing of all. That's the most frightening it, thing. Except, and I was saying this on 10K this week, that, like, Russia is just kind of like a spiv country, and they will... Like, the, I remember, like, when the sanctions came in in 2014, um, when I was first living there, like, the extent to which, like, the black market back channels like sprung into action so quickly like oh okay we're no longer you're Euro- importing european food like suddenly all of these like european cheeses and stuff were being exported to fucking belarus <laughs> relabeled as belarusian products and then exported to russia so i mean like expect to see in the coming weeks like fucking iPhones and MacBooks and Nike trainers and whatever flooding into Kazakhstan, <laughs> well beyond the Kazakhstan like market demands, and then being somehow then shuffled on into Russia. And it's not even it's not even back channels anymore because they legalized software piracy <laughs> the day the <laughs> sanctions came in, which is awesome. just incredible. Yeah, you'll have to see that. You got to hand it to them for that one. I'm thing. looking forward yeah. to Kazakhstan sort of being like suddenly being like the center of all kind of like drip culture. Yeah, it, it, you actually have to. They've renamed the country instead of Russian Federation. It's now a uh, Razor nineteen eleven Russia. <laughs> yeah, that's plays right. a little chip tune every time you go in the border. That's right. And this is what this is what the people want. Absolutely, <laughs> this is the future that liberals want. <laughs> they they want there to be a huge queue for the Supreme Store in Almaty. They do. Um, they do, and they want to like impress. They want to impress their friends. Uh, at the at, at the Tour de Moon with their with their uh, Kazakhstani, um, that's right. Uh, Kazakhstani. That was Nike, the thing in the late Nike Soviet Union. Uh, food just came out in drops. 
That's what people don't understand. <laughs> my loot right box full of fuel. My, my loot box full of bootleg fuel. My your loot box full of Gretschka. Um, <laughs> right. Well, I guess that's that's that about tears it for an episode of I Trash Future. I guess it does. Um, yeah, reminder that if you want to donate to that that strike fund for the Just Eat guys, uh, there'll be a link in the description. And uh, yeah, I'm in I'm in Berlin at the end of the month. Um, it's going to be I'm doing a show in Russian, controversial mm. on Saturday the 26th. Do you really think that's appropriate at a mm. time like this? Mm. Yeah, and very I'm going to get cancelled. Mm. And I'm doing a show in uh, English on Sunday the 27th. Um, Do you really think it's might appropriate be... at a time like this? You fucking NATO <laughs> shill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting cancelled by both sides, as for usual. Um, yeah, there, there, there might be ticket links for those by the time this is out or not, but just keep an eye out if you're in Berlin for that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, All right. Catch you later. Yeah, catch you later. Bye. Bye.